Welcome to Waste Away, the intermittent fasting podcast. If you want to learn how to lose weight for life through intermittent fasting, burn fat, heal your thyroid and autoimmune issues, and break the bondage of food, then this podcast is for you. I'm Chantel Ray, author of Waste Away, the Chantel Ray Way, and each week I have different guests answering your questions. If you haven't had a chance to pick up your copy of Waste Away, visit ChantelRayWay.com slash podcast and you'll automatically get 20% off the book, audiobook, recipe book, coaching, and Inner Circle Facebook group. Remember, the thoughts and opinions in this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Hey guys, Aaron here. Before we get started, I just wanted to remind you that you can find our full podcast episodes on our YouTube channel. Not only do you get to see Chantel and our guests, but you also get to see any charts, graphs, or pictures that we may mention. Search Chantel Ray Way on YouTube or click the link in the show notes. And if you would like daily accountability as well as a resource with lots of helpful tips about Chantel's intermittent fasting lifestyle, head on over to ChantelRayWay.com slash coaching. As always, enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode, and today's guest is a Los Angeles-based fitness professional who's absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. Wait till you go check her out on her website. Her body is like to die for. She's got 20 years of experience teaching, training. She's worked at all of LA's most prestigious studios and fitness facilities, and we are so excited to have you. Hello. That was a great <laughs> intro. It's actually 25 years now. That's when I oh, started. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, well, I guess I have to update that on my website. <laughs> yeah. Now, I know that you have just transformed so many lives through fitness and healthy lifestyle changes. And um, uh, so, Jill, tell us a little bit. And your website, is is it jillbrown.com? Jill Brown Fitness. JillBrownFitness.com. And all my social media, you can find me on Jill Brown Fitness. Okay, Jill Brown Fitness on everything. Now, tell us about yourself and when did you develop a passion for like fitness and what kind of triggered you to get go down this path? Well, when I was a kid, I, I suffered from a lot of depression, so I'll just share that. Um, it turns out it was a, it's a genetic thing. I found out much later in life that it was due to a vitamin D deficiency. Um, that's something I only found out recently, but uh, I always felt like when I was moving, uh, that I didn't know what dopamine and serotonin was when I was a kid, but I felt like when I was moving, whatever, you know, anxiety or sadness I had would go away. And so I just like to move. I was not an athlete. I wasn't great at any sports, but I was good at just, you know, exercise. Oh, you know, in a physical fitness thing in school, you have to do some chin-ups. All right, I could do a couple. I do sit-ups. I could do those. So, you know, I can move my body. That's a great uh, point because, you know, every time you even just go for a walk, yeah. Or, you know, getting your body moving. It's amazing how you can go from being in a funk to just kind of feeling great. I really, really young, like as a kid. And then when I became sedentary, like I'll just share with your listeners and your viewers that I played in these punk rock bands and I hung out with a lot of musicians. I grew up in New York, in New York City. And then I went to college in Boston. So I lived a very, very unhealthy lifestyle 
from my teens through my uh, early to mid twenties, really unhealthy. Like I didn't know what good eating was and I had gotten sedentary, you know, I was playing bass guitar. So I was like sitting down a lot and eating really poor food. So my depression got way worse and I wasn't doing any movement except during summers, like on summer vacation, you know, maybe I'd go to camp or um, I'd go uh, join the YMCA during the summers or something like that. And I'd feel a lot better. And then it would start again. So I didn't know any of this so much later looking back, but um, you know, the bad food and the sedentary lifestyle was making me miserable. So I said, you know what? I'm going to change my major and do something where I can move to LA. Cause I used to watch, I don't know if you're old enough to remember a show called Three's Company. Oh, I love that <laughs> show. So they're all like yes. roller skating on the boardwalk and everybody's in like these little leotards, you know, by the beach. And I'm like, I want to live there. Where's that? That's Santa Monica. So I just started to plan my life. Like I'm moving to LA. I'm moving to LA. I'm going to look like those people. I'm going to be a happy, shiny person instead of like this depressed, like, you know, goth looking girl. <laughs> you wouldn't recognize me um, from half life ago. And so I just, I, I got a degree in communications and a lot of production work. So I learned TV, radio, film, and journalism. And I moved out to LA and I started working in that industry in all different kinds of areas. But I got really heavy and I felt awful again because what happened? I move out here, I'm around shiny, happy people, but I'm mm. sitting on my butt for 14 hours a day blah, blah, blah. And I kept gaining weight and I would lose weight I, when a job would end and then I would gain it and then I would lose it and I would gain it. But the one thing that I did that was smart was uh, right after college, I wanted to get a free membership to a gym and they offered me if I got certified that I'd have the free membership and they would pay for my certification. So right after college, I started exercising regularly felt a whole lot better and the gym paid for me to get certified. So I brought that certification out here and in between jobs, I would start teaching fitness classes. Make a long story short, over the course of my first seven years out in LA, I went from working in production full-time to fitness full-time. And I still do a little bit of production work, but um, that's awesome. Yeah, my full-time job is fitness and it's, I just felt better. I might not make as much money maybe, but I, I feel better. Um, you know, I have a lot less, you know, depression. Um, yeah, look well, you better. look amazing. You look thank you, and that's how it happened. <laughs> yeah. So before we move to listener questions, I always like to ask our guests what they eat. Um, you know, this podcast started off talking about intermittent fasting, which I know you're a fan of. So, what kind of eating pattern do you follow, and what kind of foods do you eat? Like, are there any foods that you eliminate or limit while you're in your eating window? Well, I like to be a, a clinical trial of one. So I try pretty much everything. You know, I've tried the keto diet, I've tried paleo, I've tried vegan. Um, and then I found out about intermittent fasting when research started coming out about it. I'm a really big science nerd. Another full disclosure is all my cousins are doctors. I really want to be a doctor, but my SAT scores were and I couldn't get into medical school. So I was like, all right, I'm going to move to LA and work in production. That's how that happened. So I'm a total science geek. I love reading research. Um, I love listening to all these podcasts and interviews um, with doctors and researchers and hearing the latest stuff. So when research started coming out about intermittent fasting, I said, wait a minute, 
I've already been doing that for years because I would teach fitness classes in the morning. And, you know, unless you wake up at four, you can't really eat and digest and then go teach a fitness class if you're going to be teaching, right? Um, or, you know, doing a workout yourself. So it just turned out that I wound up putting off eating for at least 12 hours, sometimes 14, maybe 16 hours a day. And then as the research started coming out, I was like, oh, I'm doing something good. Now, in my day, when I was in my 20s, I got a phone call from like uh, the Maury Povich show or something like that. And they're like, we hear that you have an eating disorder. Do you have exercise bulimia? I'm like, who, who said that? Who am I going to kill? I'm like, no, I just don't eat until lunch. <laughs> and that's awesome. Back in the day, they used to think that that was an eating disorder. Like you, that you were screwing up your metabolism or that you had some sort of like purging bulimia. They called it exercise bulimia. Um, wow. Yeah. So, and you know, then about 10 years ago, I got certified in a lot more nutrition and I was like, no, it's just called intermittent fasting people and chill out. Yes. Now a lot of people in the fitness industry talk about eating a ton of small meals. You know, all these people are, you know, I've heard with these, they're like, oh, you got to eat every two hours. You got to cram food in, even if you're not hungry. What do you say to these people uh, in response to that about fasting? Well, I've tried that too. Like I said, I try everything. I mean, there might be some fad diets. If it has no research, like the eat right for your blood type diet, I mean, just there's, the research is like some guy made it up, right? The master cleanse, you know, that drinking the cayenne pepper and some guy in the 1940s made it up. So you've got to have some clinical trials for me to, to try something. So there were trials that showed that people's blood glucose levels stayed a little more level when they eat regularly. So I completely understand the concept. Don't let yourself have insulin swings because sugar spikes are bad for hunger. They make you overeat and they make you store fat. So I get what the nutritionists are saying, but is it necessary? No, it's not necessary because it still comes down to the law of physics, you know, energy in versus energy out. If you're eating four, five, six small meals a day, and that equals more than the amount of energy that your body spends a day, you're going to gain weight. So it's not necessary. They used to think a long time ago, and I, I didn't ask you your age and I won't, but <laughs> um, I'm over 50. And they're back during a the Reagan administration, Nancy Reagan always used to say, oh, I stay so slim because I eat six meals a day from my nutritionist. Well, she probably eats like 20 calories per meal. She was a tiny little waif. Um, and I don't know how she managed to eat so little, but you know, she's from LA, so maybe, so whatever she did. All I can say is that if you're eating lots and lots of small meals and it's totaling more calories than your body burns, it's no good. But if you need to keep, if you have hypoglycemia and your doctor says you need to keep your blood sugar levels steady, that's fine. But one piece of research came out. But here's the thing though, for me, I will tell you this, since I did it, started doing intermittent fasting, my blood sugar has never been more stable. It's the weirdest thing that intermittent fasting actually stabilizes your blood sugar. Right. I'm talking about this, the, the older studies. So what they yeah. used to think was that it's going to keep your blood sugar level steady. And they thought that every time you eat, your metabolism goes up a little bit. So you're going to burn more calories. Well, then they found out that that's about 4% of your total calories 
if you eat um, small meals. Now, I think that's been debunked since. And your metabolism, they found, actually is higher because if you intermittent fast for a while, like say 16 hours is what I, I do several days a week, uh, and then you eat, now your metabolism is all revved up for the food that you're about to eat. And for most people who don't graze all day, they tend to eat less calories. So the reason why it works for most people is you tend to eat overall less calories when you compress your window. And it does rev up your metabolism just as much, if not more, than eating lots of small meals. So there you go. Yeah. And it also depends what's in that meal. You know, yes. The higher your protein, the more you get that thermic effect of food. So eating protein and high fiber foods are also going to make you burn more of those calories or not store more of those calories. All right, let's jump right into the question. This is from Cassie in Kentucky. I hate, hate, hate cardio. I've tried everything, downloading podcasts, watching TV shows, anything to pass the time on the treadmill or elliptical, and I'm bored out of my mind. I'm not really a group exercise person either. I love lifting weights and strength training, but everyone says I need to get that cardio in. What what are good forms of exercise to get my heart rate up that doesn't involve 30 minutes on a piece of cardio equipment? I hate everyone. Who is everyone? Who's that everyone person, Cassie? Everyone says that. I don't say that. I say women more than anything. I'm assuming you're a woman. Women more than anything need to do more weightlifting and less cardio. So forget the whole cardio thing. It's not necessary, especially if you're trying to just trudge along for 45 minutes at a steady pace. If you are going to be doing cardio, do a shorter amount of cardio. So let's say you do 20 minutes, but you do 10 high intensity intervals. So do, instead of 45, 50, whatever you're trying to do, take 20 minutes, run fast for one minute, walk for a minute, run fast for a minute, walk for a minute. You'll get the same energy expenditure and possibly more fat burning, could be, depending on how hard you work, than just doing 45 minutes. So don't worry about it. If you'd rather lift weights, girl, go with a weight training mm -hmm. because what people, it's, it's, it's not a two-way street. They're not mutually exclusive. Cardio does not give you the same benefits of weight training, but weight training gives you the strength and the same benefits as cardio. So if you want to lift five or six days a week, just get a good plan where you're lifting some light weights fast one day and then going heavy another day. So you can get cardiovascular work from your weight training by just lifting your weights a little bit faster, doing them in an interval format or a circuit format to keep your heart rate up. You're getting cardio from your weightlifting. You don't have to get on one of those machines. And then you can do your other days. If you're trying to build more strength, then do your strength training on the alternate days, but do your cardio with weights. I love that. Yeah, I love it too. And I honestly, I do hate cardio and getting on those machines. I love weight training and I do do weight training five to six days a week because I just enjoy it. I love it. Yeah, it, it's that, it, more, women need to, more women need to do that. And women always think, oh, I need to do my cardio. Still till this day, I've been preaching this for 20 years. Till this day, I still hear women say, oh, I gotta do more cardio. I'm like, really? Well, I, will, I will say this. I, the one thing that I do do that makes a major, major impact on my weight is walking. And I love doing it with my friends. Like I can't stand doing it by myself, but it's so amazing 
when my body actually totally transforms when I do incorporate at least four days a week where I am doing walking. I'll do a three in to, addition, in addition, in addition, I'll do three yeah. to four, three to four days a week when I'm consistent with it. I definitely see my weight is down and I feel, I just feel so much better when I'm incorporating that. So I would say grab a friend, go for a walk. You need that bonding time anyway. Take your spouse, take a friend. And I hate those treadmills, but what I do for my cardio is is I do those three to four mile walks and I, I love it. it. It's so much benefit. Plus getting out in the sun, I try to do it when the sun's out and adding yeah. that vitamin D is so good for you. And I always say, get a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get a dog. It's gonna, make you ha- it's gonna make you walk more and be more yeah. active. Hey guys, we absolutely love getting your questions into the podcast, but we're also interested in your journey. So if you've started intermittent fasting and have some success or even struggling a little bit, we want to hear about it. Email me your intermittent fasting stories to Chantel at ChantelRayWay.com. Now back to the show. All right, Serena in Virginia Beach. A couple episodes back, your guests briefly mentioned the fasting mimicking diet which is brand new to me. I thought it was an odd concept because the whole benefit of fasting seems to be depriving your food, your body of food to give your digestive digestive system time to rest and your body time to heal. Can you talk more about how this works and is there a certain system that you purchase or follow? I am glad you asked that because I actually, I wrote a blog post, which I can send you the link to if you want to put that in there. Yeah, let's, blo- let's put that in the show notes. Okay. I wrote a blog post about the fasting mimicking diet because I interviewed one of the owners of the company and it's based on research. The guy whose research it was based on is a guy named Dr. Walter Longo and the product that he created or that his company created is called Prolon, P-R-O-L-O-N. And I'll send you links to that. And what he tried to do was find a way where you can eat just enough food where you still, where your body doesn't realize it's eating food. So every time you put food into your mouth, depending on what it is and how much it is, you have something known in your metabolism as a nutrient sensing pathway. But the way they designed it with Prolon, and this is the only one that's been clinically tested at USC and funded by the NIH, the National Institutes of Health, by the way, um, they found that with just this right combination of food, and it's a Mediterranean plant-based diet, very low calorie, but just enough to sustain you. You don't lose any muscle like you would on a water fast or any other kind of fast. Because it goes five days, you get the benefit of stem cell regeneration, which a one-day or a two-day fast doesn't give you. You have to fast longer than three days to get stem cell regeneration. You also get autophagy, which also happens somewhere in the transition of the second to third day, and that's when your cells clean themselves up. So cells that are dying, cells that are damaged, cells that might even have cancer actually start to get broken down, and your body goes into protection mode and says, all right, we got to get rid of all of our bad baggage. We got to just sweep that stuff out. That's autophagy, sweeping out the garbage and keeping the good, healthy cells. 
So you get that benefit from it too, plus weight loss without muscle loss. And they, they, you know, he spent 25 years developing this and I stand by research. I saw the research. I saw what it did to cholesterol. I saw what it did to blood sugar. I saw what it did to body fat stores, maintaining lean muscle. It especially targets abdominal fat, the dangerous fat, visceral fat. So I think it's great, but you have to do his system until other doctors may come out with their own system, but they've not been clinically trialed. Only the Prolon one has been clinically trialed. And the reason why it works is your brain doesn't pick up on the fact that you just ate some food. The way the foods that he picked, which are like high fat and plant-based don't trigger nutrient sensing pathway. So your body thinks you're just drinking water. And that is the brilliance of it. And that's what blew my mind. And that's why I've been promoting it. And I get a $25 off discount code too, that I can give your, your followers. Okay. And one of the things that I think is interesting is that, you know, in my book, you know, I've interviewed over a thousand women and, you know, every time I ask them, you know, what do you eat? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And what's funny is when I, when the, the, most of the people ate two times a day, that was it. They ate lunch and dinner. And then some of the people did say, you know, I do eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And the crazy part was a lot of the times when the people did eat something for breakfast, it was like the things that he suggests on the fasting mimicking diet. It was very low calorie and very small amount. And so I just thought that was interesting that the people I did interview that ate three times a day, they were people who were eating these things that were very low calorie and your body almost didn't even realize that you were eating something. Yeah. Now, I mean, I can't say exactly what foods those are going to be because in the Prolon uh, kit, it comes in a box and um, it's like soups and some, uh, some kale crackers and some olives. And then they have a nut bar, which is high fat. And, you know, it's, it puts you into ketosis on the third day. So I can't really speak to what, um, you know, to what the other people are eating. But what I can tell you is that I'm not a big breakfast eater, but I mm-hmm. wish I was because I like to work out in the morning. One little trick, a secret I can give your followers is that if you are going to skip a meal for all of you ladies who are doing two meals a day, it is better. You will lose a little more weight and a little, and you'll feel better and you'll sleep better if your meals are breakfast and lunch or even a very late lunch and you skip a late dinner. So if you can do the circadian rhythm, time-restricted eating, and you cut off your food six, seven, eight o'clock, just like your grandmother said, don't eat late at night, you really do see more weight loss benefits because your body burns more calories in the early part of the day. Mm. Okay. Alice in Greenville. She says, I have arthritis in one of my knees and my doctor told me that walking on an incline is one of the worst exercises I can do for it, which I always love to do because it makes a difference in my butt and legs. Squats and lunges with weights can be painful and I just hate pushing it because my knee hurts so bad the next day. I do enjoy spin classes, which don't bother my knee because of my work schedule, but I can't do it every day. What are some other good workouts that are good for shaping my legs, but don't put so much strain on my knees? That's a really good question. And I might go to a different doctor because I think your doctor might not have it exactly right. I'm not sure. I mean, if he's an orthopedist, then he definitely... Uh, is leading you in the right way because he's looking at your MRI or looking at your x-ray. 
But the danger of hills is not the uphill, it's the downhill. That's where the pressure is on the knee. So if you can find a way to walk on a treadmill where there's a softer surface and walk uphill, it's great for your butt. And if you think about it, I'm gonna use my hands here. When you step up, you're actually taking shorter steps than when you're walking on flat. So you're putting less pressure on your knee to walk uphill. Now, I don't know what type of, you know, what issues you have, so maybe, your doctor is giving you the right advice, but I would just check with a second doctor. It always is a good idea to get three opinions instead of one and go to a guy who's a knee specialist because if you can tolerate it and it's not hurting you to walk uphill, I would walk uphill but not go downhill. Spinning classes, fantastic for your knee. May, I've been a master spinner, spinning instructor since it was invented. <laughs> I worked for the owner of the company when it first launched. Um, make sure your saddle's not too low. If you sit too low, it will hurt your knees because your knee stays in flexion the whole time. You need to sit high enough on the, site, on the bike to be able to extend your knee to about 15 or 20 degrees. But other things that are safe on your knees are working with a band. So I don't know how much you wanna promote me, Chantal, but I've got some great workout videos where you can do amazing, yeah, yeah I got some amazing workouts where, um, where you put a band, uh, a loop, oh, I have one right here. How do awesome. I have how did that sit next to me? So you, you put that band either below your knees or around your ankles or above your knees, and you can do less squats and you can do these lateral movements, which are phenomenal for your knees because they work at the side of your butt and the muscles on the side of your butt actually protect your knees from damage. So get yourself a loop band and then uh, look for videos that uh, work your gluteus medius and gluteus minimus. You awesome. can also, yeah, so loop band exercises and uh, you'll do side to side squats. Awesome. Well, I think that goes right into our next question because this is something she could do. This is Melissa in Northern Virginia. I'm going to Europe for three weeks, which is a dream come true, but I know we're going to be doing a lot of eating and drinking. We are crashing at a couple of Airbnbs, so I don't want I don't have the option of a hotel gym. In addition to walking around, what are some simple exercise routines with minimal equipment? Uh, I have a video on that too. <laughs> so I went for my birthday last year to Europe. We went for three weeks. Um, and I did some workouts in the parks. I'm not sure where exactly. Did she say where she was going in Europe? No, she just said Europe. Okay. So in England, they have amazing parks everywhere. I would stop and, you know, do some intervals. I would do some push-ups, some burpees and some mountain climbers in the park, set aside 20 minutes to do um, interval workouts. And then I had my TRX with me and I set that up in Barcelona on these, on these, um, on these big poles. And in this park in the middle of Barcelona, I was doing my TRX rows and presses. And uh, I can give you links to all this stuff if you want, but these are workouts that yeah. I did on vacation. And just walk a lot because the food is actually healthier in Europe. They are not allowed to actually put the same amount of preservatives and salt and sugar and things and chemicals that we're allowed to use that are FDA okay, not FDA, um, USDA approved. There's a lot of stuff that's not approved in Europe. Everything is much more organic. Matter of fact, they don't even have to write organic on the package because in Europe, most food already is. We have yeah, and we're, we're getting hundreds of emails. I, I told my husband I really want to go away to Europe because I don't hear, I don't eat any dairy or gluten because I just feel so terrible when I eat it. But I have tons of friends who say when they're here in America, they cannot eat dairy or gluten. They feel terrible. But they can go to Europe 
and they can eat cheese and they can eat bread and they feel like a million bucks. And so I told him, I said, I'm going, I'm going there and I'm going to, I'm going to test it out and see how I feel when I eat it. Yeah, and you'll walk a ton, so you'll be active all day because you'll be sightseeing. So I went there for three weeks. I had des- one dessert every day because, you know, I was in Europe, and uh, I came back one pound heavier, and it might have been from the airplane. <laughs> one pound in three weeks. And again, it might have been water retention from the airline, you know, flying. Yes. Okay. I wouldn't worry about it. (laughs) This is Tara in Pittsburgh. Recently, I've had some severe pain in my left shoulder. It came after an intense upper body day. I've gone to the orthopedic and before for something similar, but with my knee and they said I should rest. My question is, how can I tell the difference in soreness and something being wrong? How long should I wait to go to the doctor? I am 40, so nothing quite works like it used to, and I don't want to run to the doctor every time I ache. I need your input. Shoulder injuries are the most common injury in the body because there's three joints and it's the most mobile joint in our body. So our shoulders get injured very easily. I have a video on that too, if you can believe it. I don't, awesome. I didn't plan it, but I have all these videos on my uh, YouTube channel <laughs> for, you know, working out on vacation, shoulder injuries. Um, there's definitely shoulder exercises that you need to be doing to protect your shoulders. If you feel a shooting, stabbing, or like a knife-like pain, that's usually a tendon. If you feel a dull, achy pain, that can be arthritis, bursitis, or, and I'm not a doctor, so I can't really say what you have, um, or it can be some kind of tear in your rotator cuff, the most common injury of all. Um, but if it just feels sore, like a muscle soreness, like, a, like you've just worked too hard, and it's not that like deep, deep, deep pain, if it feels more closer to the skin, then it might just be a pulled muscle. So what do you do? Put some ice on it, rest it just for a couple of days, see if it goes away. And then when you start working out again, if it's still there, you should go to your physical therapist. Most insurance policies have about 10, 12, 20 or unlimited um, visits with your physical therapist. And they will help you, about 60% of your improvement will come from just doing physical therapy exercises. I'm making that number up, but it's more than half. Um, They'll ice it, they'll massage it, they'll get stuff in there, but it's highly likely at your age, over 40, that you tore something in your rotator cuff and it is so common and those muscles are tiny, like that big. So they're really easy to tear doing something wrong. And it it, it feels like a shooting, stabbing, or a knife-like pain. Um, But definitely- Yeah, go to physical therapy. They'll give you exercises. So I love physical therapy because it's not like going to the doctor where they say rest. You go there and they go do these exercises. So you're still getting a workout in. Awesome. Okay, Heather in Chesapeake. I'm a really busy working mom and my husband travels for work and is gone 75% of the time. I end up having to go for power walks and I bring my kids with me on their bikes. I enjoy this because we're spending time together and I'm burning calories, but I want to kick it up a notch. What can I do to intensify these walks a bit? This is a great question um, because I love taking I love taking walks too and I've been feeling like I need to kick it up a notch. Yeah, so that's the easiest question of all. Uh, you add intervals. So you're walking at whatever your pace is And then have your stopwatch or a timer. I use an app called Tabata Trainer on my phone, but you can use any stopwatch, but it beeps at me. And every time it beeps, I run or go faster. 
and then it beeps again and you slow down and then you speed up and you slow down. So when you go fast, whether it's walking fast or taking it to a jog or a run, go breathless. I mean, just feel your, you can even just feel your heart rate or wear a Fitbit or an Apple watch and get your heart rate higher and then bring it down, go back to your walk, get your heart rate higher. There's something called a fart lick interval. It's funny, it's from Sweden, but just whenever you feeling like you need to kick it up a notch, go really, really fast and walk uphill. Now, what if you don't have hills and what if you can't run or you already are walking fast? Stop, break, find a park bench, step up and down on a high park bench or do squats to the park bench. Or if you have a little platform, do jumps up and down onto the park bench. So just find little things in your area to get creative with. High steps are a good one. Jumps onto a, onto a medium platform, you know, 12, 15, 16 inches that you can jump up and down on. Um, and then walking lunges and just take some breaks. And yeah, and that way you get a really nice, good butt and thigh workout and you can kick it up a notch and it doesn't have to be straight walking. So the two choices are stop, find something that you can jump up and down on, step up and down on, um, or even just do some jumping jacks in place or jack squats and then continue with your walk. Or if you can run, just break into a run, go back to a walk, break into a run. Interval training works for every single type of body. It's been proven. If there's one method that's been proven on every type of human, it's interval training works on every type of human from people just trying to get stronger to people who are obese. Awesome. Well, Jill Brown Fitness is her website, and you've got to go check it out. I mean, when you see her body on here, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, what do I have to do to get her body? And like she says, she's over 50 and still looks absolutely amazing. And so what we're doing is, I see those guns. It's like, what, sun's out, gun's out, right? Um, so what we want to do is Jill is going to be giving a 30-minute free coaching session um, to you. You can talk about intermittent fasting. You can talk about nutrition. You can talk about your fitness, whatever you want for 30 minutes. We're going to post something on our Facebook site. If you share and comment, one lucky winner will get 30 minutes of Jill's time and it will be an amazing time. Thank you so much, Jill, for being on the show today. And we just really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And if you have a question that you want answered, go to questions at ChantalRayway.com. See you guys next time. Bye-bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. And if you would like daily accountability as well as a resource with lots of helpful tips about Chantel's intermittent fasting lifestyle, head on over to chantelrayway.com slash coaching. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.